The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. are about to crown champions. The guys unpack maddening decisions in the NBA Finals and the NHL's ability to make exciting moments. From Twitter abuse to fill-up factors to joy in unexpected places, we've got you covered. This week on Just Press Play. How many least seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Back again as Dad takes a sip from the drink. It is me, LJ, and Pops. Yes. Guys, it has been a hell of a week. I've been ready to record since like Tuesday last week. It's been. <laughs> well, and you did record Tuesday after, last you week, did right? Record Tuesday last <laughs> week. Soon, well, as soon, as soon as we got done recording, the news broke of Brian Colangelo and, and yeah, fake Twitter that's account. True. I mean, I just ever since Tuesday night, I was like, God, when, when am I getting with LJ and Daddy? Yeah. We got to we got to get another episode. Yeah. So. I'll, it's just been it's been a hell of a week. I guess I'm gonna go ahead and start off. That's my best. It's just been Twitter this week has been on a freaking roll with with the Brian Colangelo stuff, Drake and Pusha T beef. Well, I don't even know if it's a beef anymore because Pusha T. We, we need to <laughs> we need to update that in a second, LJ. But Pusha T came back came back with a haymaker. The meat is brown. Yeah. Take it off the stove, man. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can I tell you something? Well, yeah. All yeah. Right. Go ahead. I think. I think I'm fair in saying my generation could give a shit about Pusha T and Trump. <laughs> well, <laughs> saying, I don't know what's going on, and I'm. It's like it's like the Canadian Football League. <laughs> it, I, I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm. Well, your generation is probably not spending as much time on Twitter as I am. Unfortunately, I don't know why I'm spending that much time. But the jokes were to be had. It was great. And then, at, then come Thursday, everyone had been complaining about this rematch in the finals, and we were all watching the memes of LeBron looking at J.R. Smith at the end of that game were just what fascinating. It was all happened, good. and we'll, we'll get into all of it. That's just uh, my best. We'll get is into my, that. My best is just man. The headlines this week have been something. It's only 2018 where we can make up these headlines. It is just true that it's fake fake Twitter accounts. So. The writers for LJ, this year jumped the shark, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. So, LJ, what do you got for the best this week? Well, Arrested Development had their new season come out, and uh, Aaliyah Shock- Shockat, I think is how you say her name, who plays Maybe. Okay. Amazing. She did a great job. Um, I'm excited to see. Like, she's finally got, like, 
a real role in this show as opposed to like this kind of like side character that's funny and interesting. Yeah, like, in season four, especially like they just relegated her to this. Like she popped up every couple episodes, and well, she's I like maybe she's on fire this season. She is so good. So that's. That's probably my best is seeing her in that. But sweet, I haven't watched the new season, but I am pumped to. I saw it was dropped. So well, I might talk about it here in a second when we get to our worst. Also, so <laughs> <laughs> teaser, teaser. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Dad, what do you got for your best of the week? Well, my best. While last week y'all were recording, talking about me not turning the air conditioner <laughs> on and making y'all starve to death and about all our that tough stuff. childhood. Is that what yeah. you're referring about to? About y'all's tough childhood. Our 80 degree summers doing, and our 20 degree winters. <laughs> That's right. While y'all were doing that, and and actually I loved the podcast. I may even have a couple of more comments as we go along. <laughs> but at Little River Club on my back deck. Uh, mine and Tammy's back deck. Uh, Papa Herschel brought out his, his equipment, his amps, his speakers, and he and Jed played and it was fantastic. And then a band came, came on Little River Zone, Christian Sparks and the Beatnik Bandits who play a folk kind of music and it's fantastic stuff. I love it. Teaser, uh, is, uh, and they got on the porch and played and it was amazing. Our back deck was full from probably dark 30 to 1230. And we had the best time. That's what I'm talking about. It that was, sounds awesome. It was a great time. So it was one of those, one of those times at Little River you will never forget. Very, an epic, memorable night. It's yeah. one of those images and moments that kind of get etched in your memory and stay there. Yeah, it, we made a memory. We made a memory Sunday night while y'all were bashing old pops. And I, I say that I, I know y'all were bashing me with a little love. It yeah, was okay yeah, for sure. But while y'all were doing that, I was. Uh, uh, oh, also we boiled shrimp. We boiled shrimp. Hey. It was fantastic. Okay. A little shrimp, potatoes, corn, uh, sausage. Oh, it was good. Had a great night. That awesome. was my best. Awesome. Sweet. All right, and that's what. Shoot. Speaking of music, another another thing. When, going back to my best of Twitter well, being on all time high, Kevin's got Kanye two best with a new, surprise. Well, Kanye <laughs> dropped a new album too. I mean, it's just Twitter's been on a roll this week. It's yeah. been freaking fun. So that gets us on to our worst of the week, and I'll go ahead and start off with the the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Not that it's been my worst. The games have been really fun to watch, but my worst is the Capitals pregame show. So I don't know if you guys have watched any of the pregame stuff, but back yeah. in Vegas, the Golden Knights, with this being their in our, making it to the championship in their inaugural season, they yeah. have pulled out all the stops, and it's been it's a show of in itself. Like I'm telling you, their pregame stuff had a light show, flaming arrows, <laughs> a catapult, flying wizards, a smoke machine, a giant smoking knight. Uh, fighting off a flying wizard, all with Michael Buffard in the background, getting everybody pumped up. <laughs> wow! So I mean, it was intense. I didn't know what exactly I turned my TV onto <laughs> when I turned it on, but then the caps rolled out with Pat Sajak. That is the the Will yeah. Fortune guy. Will Fortune, yeah. Fortune, dude. Yeah, they brought him out. Their whole thing was we're just going to bring him out to introduce the players, and he even he got some names wrong, and it was awful. I mean, it was the most he called all of them Vanna. Yes. <laughs> It was I didn't huh. I didn't understand like Vegas puts on this amazing show and then the Capitals are like and here's Pat Sajak and he didn't even know how to say the guys' names it was it was interesting yeah well so, I guess though part of it is the Capitals are in the city of glitz and glamour and theatricality and so they have to put on something like that the Capitals people are coming to Washington to watch the games because they like the Capitals not because they care about 
the pre-show, you know? Yeah. So it just, it just seemed it, their pregame show was very, very, I, I was all like, is this what the NHL does? They have like, it was like, it was like game of Thrones on ice for the, for the Vegas pregame show. And then we get to Washington and we, all we got is Pat Sajak who, I mean, he's, but he's done his thing in will fortune, but I just was very let down by it. So LJ or dad, which one of y'all, who, y'all got a worst of the week, dad. Uh, my worst of the week, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, but my worst, and I mentioned him last last week on the show, <laughs> J.R. Smith. I mean, what? My man, idiot. what was he doing? Can, he mean, was not using his head for anything other than a hat rack. I mean, it was terrible. We're talking about when he decided to just run the other way, right? Like he just well, he's the got end of regulation the basket. All he's got to do is is just yeah, try to Dad, throw it back in. Dad, you is played, it the end of regulation? Gotta, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, but you got to go clear it, right? You got to go. You got to take it past. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not playing twenty-one. No, that's what is, you don't. You don't have to clear the ball. That look, that look by LeBron was the same look as like if you're playing out in the out in the driveway and someone airballs a shot. So that means now you got the rebound. You can go right back up with it. But the person inexplicably clears it, and you're looking like go up, go up, like, <laughs> just go up strong. Well, in a second, in a close second place to that. Is Tyron Lue? Go ahead and call the timeout when you see your player well, being an idiot. That's like call four the, seconds. We'll get into happens. this probably yeah. more, but but anyway, that J.R. Smith. That's my worst of the week. Yeah, let's just play. as a person. <laughs> well, Dad's got a, a something really against Jr. He really doesn't want Jr. in his team, and then Jr. went out and did that of all things. Jr. Right? earned he earned his title of not playing on Pop's team. He heard way, that and was like, I don't sure. want it anyway. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll show you. <laughs> Let's we'll we'll wait. We'll pause that. And we're gonna tie a bow on that in just a second. We'll but, we'll finish. You damn right. We'll tie a bow on it. <laughs> so, LJ, do you have a worst on the of the week before we get into just Jr. Smith's? Yeah. Well, per- so. Arrested Development had uh, season five come out. And uh, first thing I noticed is that uh, they don't know what to do with David Cross anymore, Tobias Funke. They just have no clue uh, what he brings to the show. That's my favorite character. I know. It's a bummer. And then the other thing. Okay, so here's the most disappointing is I get through eight episodes and they're good. I'm really enjoying it. It's a good show. And the way Arrested Development works is it's like 23 episodes of buildup to this like one like scenario at the end of the season that makes it all worth it. Well, so we get through the eight episodes and it just feels like it sort of ends without tying up anything. So we're like, what, what is going on? Well, we look it up. They had one day to release before Oscar Emmy nominations were uh, the deadline for those were. So they released half a season so they could get Emmy nominations instead of releasing a whole season so I can enjoy it properly. Like I would have rather. Well, I did see that this was just a half season that they put out. Not a. Oh, man, it burned me so hard. Like I just got to the end of it and just felt like. You were, you were was, shocked that there wasn't a the, there wasn't a button on the Netflix that said go to next episode. You're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 yeah, whoa! It was taking me. It was taking me to Kimmy Schmidt. No, Kimmy Schmidt, and I was like, I'm not done yet. Ex- excuse me. Don't suggest another show. Give me the next episode. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. And uh, so I ended the season kind of disappointed. So we'll see if they can tie it up. But I'm gonna have to wait like months before that happens. I don't know. It's just annoying that they decided to change the programming for awards. Like I don't know. You What's know, the point of it? You know. I, I'm starting to get. We're doing this with shows. I say we're. I mean, we're just the watching. We're just the, the you, the, the producer party. But yeah, it seems like with shows that we're doing all these half seasons now, like, and it doesn't end fully, and it drives me insane. I hate it. I go ahead and well, put a and whole season. I think what they're doing, and we'll probably cut this because I'm going long. But uh, 
I think what they're doing is they're they're trying to like back in the day you had that week by week suspense and so you go to work and you talk every week about the show or or whatever and now it's like everything drops so you have to like say shut up don't talk about Game of Thrones well Game of Thrones is a terrible example but don't talk about uh, yeah, Stranger Things don't thing talk about watch every- yeah, yeah sorry um, but you're like don't talk about Stranger Things don't talk about Stranger Things I've, I've only seen two episodes or whatever and so yeah. like now it's actually killing the idea of like having these fun conversations about things or whatever. So I think that's why they're doing it, but, but it also like, I don't know. It makes me less excited to continue watching. Like if they did the week by week, that'd be better than doing the half a season. In my opinion, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that I was, I was watching Netflix the other day and I thought about with, with the new, with the bingeability of every show and how that's what, what, the way we watch things, it's really killing the good teases at the end of episodes. And then the, also like the little recaps at the beginning of episodes, because there's no reason for them because more often than not, we're just pressing play right after. Hey, shout well, out to that. Just press play. But uh, we're just we're just hitting the button after every episode and starting new, so we don't need the little. Whoever the genius was that came up with the skip recaps, skip intro on Netflix, oh, I, I'm a smart. big fan. Big fan. So, so Dad, you mentioned you mentioned J.R. Smith's just complete lack of of not. It would really it'd be helpful for Jr. I don't know why they don't do this at stadiums. But if only there was like a big screen that showed what the <laughs> score was, how much time was left in the game. Well, you know? okay. <laughs> but before we get <laughs> too far down, the, okay. So I, I actually I did watch a little bit of basketball. I know, like, whoa, stop the presses. Okay, there we go. Um, but for our people at home that haven't necessarily seen the game, can we talk? Yes, can we describe we what happened? Yeah, so, recap. You want to so, do it, Kevo? Yeah, so the the Cavs are down, or they're they're down one, and LeBron's coming. He's only has like forty nine points at the at the time, and he's coming <laughs> down with a chance to to win the ball game. The clock's going down, and he passes to George Hill, who gets fouled. George Hill then goes to the line. That's actually who should be thinking everybody is George Hill's getting let off the hook. He goes to the line down yeah, by no, one. Nobody's remembering George <laughs> yeah, Hill missed the second free throw to win the game. An 80% free throw shooter goes to the line with two free throws. They're down one. So he has a chance to win this one. game. And he makes the first one. And you could tell, Dad, I don't know if you noticed or LJ, if you were watching, when they showed George Hill's face, he looked shook before he shot that. I, I could have told you, or at least I thought before he shot that second one, he doesn't look ready for this. He looks completely yeah. just overwhelmed by the moment. And he misses. He, had, he hit the first one good, though. Yeah. yeah. And then, but he misses that first. He misses the second one. And then JR gets the rebound over, how, however, over KD. Like flies. Seven foot Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. He goes way up, gets a great rebound. You're amazed by it. And just, inexplicably just run straight out and LeBron is just staring at him like what are you doing shoot shoot and then after the game J.R. Smith so he tries to throw it to the corner with like a half a second left George Hill yeah. there and gets off it's not I don't know if you can call that an attempt he gets off just he chuck, he chucks it at the rim he just chunks it up yeah it was almost and, as good as the second free throw yeah but but you can see right you can see J.R. Smith didn't he mouth I thought we were up so I mean, did he so I didn't catch that we'll part. never know we'll never know what he said exactly but LeBron is looking at him with an incredulous look like <laughs> what are you doing and and J.R. it looks it looks like if you read his lips he says I thought we were ahead and that makes sense if if he thought they were up by one he was trying to well, so that would be the right strategy yeah but if his if they were up by one, he did the right thing. Oh man! And instantly but. after the game, he came out. They said, "Did you not?" Because that's the whole like 
It blew up because think about it. You're, so you're telling me J.R. Smith looked LeBron James in the eye after he just went for 50 points, gave out the best effort we've seen maybe in the finals ever, and looks at him and goes, I didn't realize what the damn score was in the finals. <laughs> like, And so J.R. after the game looks to media, or he comes out to the media and says, I knew what the score was. That wasn't the issue. I thought we were going to call a timeout. And this, he didn't realize this, but Tyron Lue had already done his presser and they asked him about it. And Tyron Lue was already saying, yeah, apparently JR didn't realize what the score was. Oh, so no. it was just a screw up. JR Smith standing behind his time. He kind of walked back his comments today. And well, said, I would too. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we, I did think we were ahead. I don't know what I thought. That was a wild little spill. Well, so and just, that's man. It was, it's one it of those crazy. things like we've, we've talked about maybe not on the show, but like you, what you practice is what happens. And and these are the moments that you're not thinking like J.R. Smith is not thinking in that moment. And if anybody is thinking in that moment, then they're not human. Um, so you've got to have the habit to, to just feel like why before the shot even goes up, you're thinking like, what's the score? What's the score? What do I do if I get the ball? Where would I, you know, Well, that, that gets me to dad. I have a theory. I think J.R. Smith knew the score was tied at the moment, but he was already in his head. He was like LJ saying, he's playing out the scenarios. And he's going, all right, George Hill's going to make – because you just he just thinks George Hill's a good free throw shooter. And he goes, all right, George Hill's going to make this. We'll be up by one. Here's all the possible outcomes. And so in his head, he gets that rebound, and he and he's just playing the outcomes of uh, George Hill's a great He's already hit shooter. it. I know yeah. he's going to make it. So when he got mm-hmm. the ball, he just instantly was like, oh, my God, ball, we're up one. And that that is a quit, like LJ saying. That happens like that. To us, yeah. there's a little bit of time, but that happens so fast. I just think a lapse well, of judgment. I'm glad you – I'm glad you brought that up because I, I I'm sitting there watching the play, and I remember thinking that's it, Cleveland wins. I, I remember thinking that, and then I thought, no, they're not, you know, because they're tied. I, I remember, I, I think your theory has some legitimacy, but here's the Tyron Lue's got to call timeout. Well, Couldn't he have called timeout on the bench? Well, Could he have called timeout yes. on the bench because there were four point two seconds, I think, when he got the rebound. Well, Sounds and right. so well, that's, that's what the thing is it happens. I think we don't realize how fast those four seconds goes by, especially in the moment when you're like, you're like, it's just so quick and there's so much chaos that even LeBron, the smart, maybe we've sat there and listened. That's one another, another thing is LeBron's Why already, LeBron called time. Well, he out, does. I guess. At yeah. first, at first they see JR get the rebound. And if he would have went right back up with it, as we just mentioned, it was Kevin Durant on his hip, who's six foot 11 with a, 80 foot wingspan. The dude's incredible. He probably, he might block the shot. So maybe JR's trying, not fouling. Maybe JR's getting out so he can get a better look. And maybe, so LeBron's mm. sitting there thinking, all right, all right. And if you look at the replay, it's even more sickening is LeBron is open at the top of the key after he's on, been on fire all game. If he just, LeBron gets can't it out hit to, anything this game. So why give it to him? <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, it was, so he gets the rebound. When it, well, I think when I saw the clock, when he gets the rebound, there's three and a half seconds left. And I just think you see LeBron going either pass me the ball or shoot. And when LeBron finally realizes, holy shit, J.R. Smith's not going to shoot this ball. He thinks we're winning. Then he, he starts signaling for a timeout, but there's not enough time. The ref doesn't see it. The buzzer goes off. And it just, I think well, that's the thing. So I think, quick. I think at home, those three or four seconds feel like an eternity. Like that's one of the things we've always talked about in basketball. Like when I was a kid was like watching the last two minutes of basketball was going to be a 45 minute affair. Um, But like, but on the court, those like brief seconds are so fast. And you're trying to think of like LeBron's trying to figure out what J.R. Smith is thinking because that's what teamwork is. And it's, it's something that's wrong. So it's really hard to think of something that's wrong that someone else is thinking like, yeah, you're totally, I mean, you're, I think you're on it. I think you've nailed it. Well, 
And, and I want to I want to talk about that foul call change too. There was a dubious foul call reversal that I think I think that may have caused. Okay, so let's go the game. Let's go. We'll we'll spend some time because I have an interesting. Uh, me and me and uh, Jardy were talking about. Jardy's a big into. We we have both refed and intramurals, so we both talk about the refs a lot. And the refs got that's right. Had a, had a hard shake at the end of that game. There's a couple of calls that didn't go the right way, and people were really blaming the refs, but. That call, there was 30 seconds left, and Kevin Durant makes a drive. The Cavaliers are up by one point, and the Warriors have the ball. And Durant drives in. LeBron reads the play very well, and he's going to take a charge. And he goes in, takes a charge, gets the charge call. But there's an NBA rule where they can go back and review charges if they're reviewing whether he was – If he's in the restricted area. The only only way they can say they want to review it is if they're reviewing the restricted area. What's the restricted yes. area? One, is that the there's, there's a little there's a, there's a little there's a semicircle a in the key. circle under the goal? Got it. Yeah, half circle, and you cannot take a charge in that circle. Gotcha. I don't care if you've got position. Gotcha. That cannot be a charge. That's so they the can review it to see if it charged, happened in that spot instead of just outside of it or something. Yes, like that. So right. they were reviewing it. And, yes, the, and the way a charge that. works, LJ, is for and for anyone who's not completely aware, you have to have your feet completely set. You have to be. You can't right. slide up underneath. No, the you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to have your feet completely set. Well, okay. Let me read this. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. A charge is a player control foul. It occurs when the dribbler charges into a defender who has already established his position. Now, according to SB Nation, the defender should provide enough distance for the offensive player to reasonably stop or change directions. Referees don't look at a defender's feet and whether they're shuffling. Instead, it's whether a player's torso is set in position. So actually, your feet being set from what I'm reading here, admittedly from SB Nation, I couldn't find it in the official NBA rules. I tried to look it up, but I SB couldn't Nation's find it. SB Nation's pretty good, though. But SB Nation's pretty legit. Yeah. But and, and I'm telling you, his feet were close to set. There was the, his close. right foot, his right foot, but his torso was there. LeBron James had a position. That was a charge, in my opinion, and and I understand how the referees were able to review it because they were looking at the restricted area, so that gave them the ability to look even further at what is typically not reviewable, the judgment right. call of the charge or block. Well, but and anyway, so that's, that's my point. That's what's interesting about it to me, and I actually I, I think I disagree with you. I do think it was a charge call if you go back and look at it in really slow motion, but that's such a tough call. It's a judgment call. That's what I'm saying. And it's a charge call against KD. No, I, they sorry, reversed I'm sorry. It to a block. I'm sorry. I think it was a block. I do think he's sliding forward underneath KD. I don't think – I think they got the call right in the end. But my big issue – what I take big issue with is – we don't review those judgment calls. What the review is for whether – and the, the way the rule set up, LJ, is they can review whether or not he was in the restricted area. And that's what they were going to review. That's why when they – that's why LeBron he, was so upset. He clearly was not. That's why LeBron was – in the game, he know, the dude is a savant. He knows the rules. He knew when they said we're reviewing it that they were reviewing whether it was in the restricted area. And he goes, okay, well, clearly when they reviewed this, I'm out of the restrictor. I know for a fact. And they looked at replay, we're out. So they're already setting up their offensive play because they, they know, but they didn't yeah. realize the rule does state if you're reviewing it for that, you can also look to make sure it was a correct charger block. That's where like my that. issue is with it. That's my issue is the, the, those calls are even in slow motion. They brought in Steve Javi, who's the like, uh, official. He's the referee aficionado, and he came on. And when he was on live TV, he said, looking at it in slow motion, I'm calling a charge. So even the top guy 
has something different than what the NBA says. So obviously it's very, very close and it's a sticky call. It was very close. And so we're saying we're going to review those judgment calls and make a decision. That's like saying I'm pass interference in football. Do you want to start reviewing that? I don't. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I feel like that's the problem with the catch rule in the NFL is that it's reviewable, but it's also a judgment call. And looking at something in slow motion is a lot different than looking at what happened in real time. And right. so like watching something happen, the the if you're going to make if you can have a very specific rule that says like, you know, a catch is or a charge is, you know, the feet are moving or a charge is, um, you know, something that is very obvious to look at, then, yeah, you, I think that's replayable. But like if it's like if the torso is set, that is such an obscure like judgment call that you have to like in slow motion set could feel like four seconds, but be a quarter of a second. So I feel like that's like a really hard thing to judge in slow motion. So that's that's my problem with it. It's just I'm and so the NBA even does they they do on out of bounds plays under two minutes. You can review an out of bounds play and you can look to see if you don't know who touched it last, you can review it. But you can if they go back and review that and they realize Oh, the ball was out on LeBron James, but clearly Kevin Durant's ripping his jersey down. Doesn't matter. You're only looking out of bounds. You're not looking for a foul. I think that's you the can't way go it back should and be. Recall a foul. Right. So if you want to go review that charge and go, okay, we're reviewing just to see his feet. His feet were out. All right, we're sticking with the call we made on the court. I don't think you go Agreed. back and I'm okay with that. You don't go back and change. And that that's where even if they made the right call, which the NBA came back out the day the next day and they said. Upon further review, they think the right call was made. Still, even if that's the case, I don't like reviewing and changing that call. If you want to go back and look at the feet, that's one thing, but it just, it's, it's hard. So LeBron goes for 51, eight and eight in game one, and he loses because an obs- obscure rule allows for a charge to be changed to a block. An 80% free throw shooter hits one of two at the line, and a teammate doesn't know the damn score and, at the yeah. end of a game. That is just – how do you rebound back from I, that? I just don't know. This was their game. That was their game to win an Oracle, and I don't know how you rebound. We'll see tonight. Well, get, I now do well, have, By the time this comes so out, the maybe they win game yet. two. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I do have one more bombshell to bro- drop in. Right. Oh, boy. I may – be moving over to the side that LeBron James is the guy. I I may be. And and here's my reason why. I heard Skip Bayless say that Michael Jordan is the guy. And I cannot stand agreeing with Skip Bayless. I cannot stand it. His dad so making the switch. The fact, he's making the switch. I think just Skip Bayless is horrible. I can't stand it. I love it. Well, this this is not like a new thing, though, right? Skip Bayless has been saying yeah, he's been all over. He hates LeBron forever, literally forever. There's like Nick as long as well, there I'm has just... been time, he's been saying LeBron James is second best. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, I'm just telling I you appreciate... that's going to seriously make me reconsider my decision, my my opinion on this matter. I want to say <laughs> real awesome. quick to to that's look really back. Funny. But before and then we'll go on. I don't want to get on a LeBron Jordan thing, but I just for the people that like to look at his record in the finals and say that's the reason he's not the best in his last six finals games, LeBron James is averaging 36, 9.7 assists, 11 rebounds on 57% shooting from the field, and his team has won one of those six games. So wow. I don't think it's quite fair to look at his record as the, the yeah. indicator of his. Let skill, me give you his, but. let me give you his box score line in the last game. How many minutes are there in an NBA game? Uh, typically, there should be 48. Okay, that's how many minutes he played. Okay, and right. <laughs> He shot 59% field goal percentage. He shot 43% from three-point land. He had eight rebounds, eight assists, 51 points. The Cavaliers <laughs> had – ca- Yeah, but get that. The Cavaliers had a total of 18 assists 
uh, LeBron James had eight of eight of them. So I don't know. That doesn't leave very many for anybody else. And I want to say, Kevin Love. I, I and I like Kevin Love, but he was he hit a few shots late. He had a great what he had a thirteen rebounds, forty five percent field goal percentage. He scored twenty one points, but he was one of eight from three point land. I mean, that's tough. That's the that's one tough. outlier for the for the Cavs is they didn't shoot very well. They shot terrible from and three still, point line. Like, they and still they almost right stole there. the that's game. That's why this was their game. And I think you saw it, LeBron. I think you saw it when they went to overtime. You look in the faces like, "Wow, that was we our had shot. our chance. We had our that shot. Was our shot. And we blew it." Yeah. yeah. And I, I, real quick, Dad, have you ever seen a guy more confident than? Did you watch, notice that Jordan Clarkson? He was at one point zero for eight. That man was still just driving, taking up shots when LeBron James is over there, not missing a shot. There is not a higher confidence level than Jordan Clarkson. He will fire <laughs> him up. I don't know that I noticed it, but you know what? If LeBron James throws you the ball, if you do, I mean, you shoot the shot. Don't, I mean, I don't care if you're zero for 10. If yeah. you get the ball, you got to shoot, you know. And I'm telling you, that's what the Cavs need coming up tonight. I'm probably, gonna, I'm either, cause by the time people hear this, we're either the game, game two have already, will have already happened. So either two things happen here to me. Either the Warriors blow them out or, Either Jr. or Jordan Clarkson. I think Jr. is about to fire up some shots and might have a comeback game. Because if this is going to happen to any one person, it should happen to Jr. Because Jr. does not care. He will go out and he's going to shoot 15 threes and he might hit 10 of them or he might hit zero. There's no telling. And so we'll see. I don't know. But I just think that was their game to maybe win and have a chance at this series. And now, now I have no idea. So, (laughs) Dad, I don't know when – at some point in my life, I think it's happened in my lifetime because I remember being younger and when they would talk about goats in sports, they would show, I can't remember his name. You'll probably remember, but the guy. Bill Buckner. <laughs> yeah. Bill Buckner. Okay. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. Bill Buckner lets the ball go through his leg. He was called the yeah. goat. And, and, but now anytime we say goat, it's, it's when we're talking about the best player. Uh, really, we overuse it. It's not the best player of all time. It's well, it's not necessarily true in Chicago. We definitely still talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, what was that guy that caught the, caught the ball? Oh, uh, the guy in the stands. Had to uh, move to Florida. Uh, that oh, fan, you know oh, what I'm talking about? Roll, uh, St- Steve something. Steve. I don't know. It doesn't. That's what you're matter, talking about. But, he, yes, but so we'll stop. We'll still talk about the 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 goat curse a lot. Um, but no, my age people, my age when they mention goat, they don't think about. They would never call J.R. Yeah. Smith the goat, but that's what he was. He was the goat of this of the game, right, Dad? Uh, J.R. Yeah, J.R. Smith was the goat, and I've got when some did other that famous change? old can you goats. Tell me? Well, I can. Yeah. Yes, I actually can tell you. <laughs> Knowledge drop with big pop. Okay, so, it's history time with Dad. Let's learn a little bit. <laughs> So and I and I looked Drop I did pops. do a little looking up. I dove into the internet and this came from grammarphobia.com. The earliest use of G-O-A-T to be to be good was Lonnie Ali, the wife of Muhammad Ali. In nineteen ninety-two, she incorporated the name Greatest of All Time Inc. to consolidate and license Muhammad Ali's intellectual properties for commercial purposes. So 1992, she incorporated the name Greatest of All Time, Inc., which they shortened to G-O-A-T, Inc. But anyway, that's 92. Okay. So, okay, it rocks along. It rocks and when along you, and when a little you think bit. Of, when you think of the greatest of all time, the GOAT thing, Muhammad Ali is one of the top people you think oh, of. Oh, certainly. So that because makes he, well, he was saying. He and also, say, it's I'm, not surprising. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. It's not surprising that he would come up with the new nomenclature that we talk about when we talk about but the it, greatest. But like it, he okay. was a poet and a braggadocio. <laughs> it, it didn't come into normal usage as a good thing. Until LL Cool J in 2000 
put out an album, I believe. It said he released G-O-A-T. And on it, I believe. So this is a, a quote from, from LL Cool J in 2000. Without Muhammad Ali, there would be no mama said knock you out. And the term G-O-A-T would have never been coined. He said that to Rolling Stone. So I think LL Cool J, I mean, y'all, I didn't get a chance to look that up. Did he put out an album or release drop uh, uh, something called G-O-A-T in 2000? And mama said knock you out. I do remember that song. I'm guessing that's got to be an oh, LL yeah, Cool sure. J song. Yeah, it is. And so, um, yeah, he, so LL Cool J has a song called "The yeah. Goat Rocking with the Goat." The G O A T. Yeah, it's G dot O. Yeah, uh, it's his eighth studio album. Okay, well, that was about two thousand. So, I for think the younger that's generation, for the younger generation, LL Cool J is not the person recording this this podcast with us. That was a rapper <laughs> right. in the in the early what late nineties, early two thousand. I get mistake for him yeah. a lot when people see me, but but while, <laughs> before we leave that, what's interesting yeah. to me, I want to I want to give you some some famous bad goats. Famous bad goats. And you you named number one, in my opinion, Bill Buckner. I mean, I can never right. forget it. That was, again, before, probably before both of y'all's time. But I was watching. No, but I think it's it still played. When six. you play Biggest Gas, now J.R. Smith's going to be up there with them. But J.R. Smith's at. definitely going to be up here. But some of these you'll know. One, this one maybe not, Fred Brown. And do you, if you remember, Michael Jordan in college for North Carolina hits that shot from the left side. Uh, from, from his butt? Probably been a three-point line. Michael Jordan oh, right, from right, North right. Carolina in college to win the NCAA title. That would have been 82, I believe. He makes uh, that shot. I started watching after that. Right. I understand <laughs> that because you were bored after that. But so I was, uh, I was I believe, negative 11 at that uh, I guess that it was Georgetown, but Fred Brown takes the ball. He gets it out of bounds. He runs down to the other side of the court with time to score and inexplicably passes the ball to James Worthy of the North Carolina Tar Heels. It was you'll have to look. James, we'll James find that Worthy and, and Michael Jordan were on the same college basketball yes, team. Yes, Jordan was a rookie. I mean, a rookie, a freshman. Maybe I think he was a freshman. Yeah, and but hit he that was shot. When he hit that game winner. And Fred Brown inexplicably passed to James Worthy. Okay. Other ones. And this this is going to hurt a little bit for you, Kevin. I know. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. When he fumbles the point after attempt. Oh. I mean, that's. I mean, he's he's on the list. I'm sorry for bad goats. I will say, funny. I, I don't remember how old I was. I was young. I think that was like oh five or oh six. But I was young when it happened. Right. I remember I fell asleep during that playoff game, and I was at mom's house. Fell asleep on the couch. Woke up and Sports Center was on. And I'm I turn on like I'm just like oh my god, the Cowboys win. And of course they're showing the highlights of that game because it was the big game of the night. And I'm like watching the highlights as if it's a brand new game. And it looks like we won. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And then they show him bobble that snap and man, nope. I crumble to yeah. the floor. Yep. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, yep. this was, here's another one. It involves the Cowboys. I'm almost finished. Here's another one. It involves the Cowboys. And it was before both of y'all's time, I believe. But I Jackie it. Smith was a tight end. It was a third quarter of a Super Bowl. The ball is thrown. I think it was Troy Aikman. I mean, right in his hands and he drops it. He just drops it. It's like a 10 yard pass right in, right in the numbers. And he drops it. Jackie Smith. And then my last one, you'll probably remember again, it'd be close, but it's Chris Weber calling the yeah, infamous timeout. Time yeah. That was not to be. Uh, and then now we can add to that list finally, J.R. Smith. Last uh, <laughs> Thursday night, was yeah. it? Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah. So Which, those are those are bad goats. That's bad what's crazy. Uh, that's what's crazy. <laughs> bad goat. Bad goat. Bad goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about uh, – 
Well, uh, historically, uh, another one, Jim Marshall running the wrong way for the Vikings. Th- that would actually. You're going the, the wrong way. <laughs> does, uh, They're drunk. They don't know. How do they know where we're going? Does the. <laughs> for the people that know, they'll get the reference. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> How about those bears? <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Uh, um, uh, the butt fumble was... Uh, the butt fumble. But that wasn't... It didn't really cost him the game. It was just the Jets true. being the Jets. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair just, enough. It was just the Jets. Just their whole franchise lived out in one play. <laughs> Speaking of the finals, though, the Stanley Cup finals is also going on in the NHL. Yes, sir. And I don't know yep. if y'all have been watching. LJ, have you been watching at all? Uh, I've been watching highlights. I haven't had time to actually catch games, but I have been keeping up with it a little bit. It It's actually, it's the first time this year for, I watched a tiny, tiny bit in the other playoffs. I didn't watch anything regular season whatsoever. I'm not a big, yeah. I'll go ahead and say I'm not a hockey guy at all. And I was watching these finals and man, it's been really fun. It has been fun. Between, between the storylines of the Golden Knights, I mean, everyone's heard that now. They're the, it's their first year in Vegas they're, they're, and they've made it to the finals. And then you have on the other side, Alex Ovechkin on on the Capitals, arguably the best player of what the past decade. I mean, he's been their yeah, stud regular fair. season wise, and has just not been able to even get to the Stanley Cup Finals till this year. Now is yeah. a chance. It reminds me a lot being being a Mass fan. It reminds me of Dirk in 2011, where we always knew he's really good, but he's always going to have that asterisk of well, he never could get to the big game or he never could win the big game, and yeah. now he has a shot. So it's got it's got the great storylines, and then just hockey in general man it's fun to watch it, it is it, so much more fun to watch than i ever remember every time i turn it on it's like i'm so glad i sat down and did this because it's, it's like non-stop uh, action it's so fun yeah. the puck and the people skill are level. each other it's like, just everything that you love i was watching some of those saves that those goalies made uh in this last game and oh, it was that one go- we're that looking one at like braden holtby oh was amazing god. oh my god and we're talking about a puck that's like it's, you know, you the size of it. one of our headphones. Yeah. And we're talking about, uh, you know, 255, pe- 250 pound people skating around on the ice, like uh, with inches of pads around them, like flying around. And you're trying to spot this little bitty puck out and, and, and block that from going into the goal behind also you. Also keeping your head on a swivel because someone might come out and decolete you. I mean, uh, someone will. You, That's what the goalies have been dealing with for the past couple of games, right? Like they've been, there's been a little bit of goalie interference. It's been so fun to watch. I will say as, as a non-hockey guy, the two things that, that there's two different things that happen during a game that really, it gets my blood boiling. It's fun to watch. It's, it's so exciting. It's when one, when a goalie comes out of the goal to try to like a, a, a Goes around back to, yeah. Either goes around back or it goes out in front and tries to go grab it before it gets to be dangerous and he misses it. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, the goal's open. Somebody just shoot, (laughs) just shoot. I know. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm watching these games with no care who wins the game and I stand, I jump out of my chair like, oh my God, the goal's open. (laughs) And then the second one is when I don't, I don't know why they do this or how often it happens in a game, but every now and then I've seen, I think I've seen it twice is a player will hit the puck up way up in the air. They'll just shoot it up in the air, like 20 feet. Yeah. And, man, when that puck goes up, all of a sudden, <laughs> you better look down because someone is coming to lay you out. It's, it's, it's like it's like an onside kick in the NFL in that front line. Better they, they don't need to look for the ball because someone's coming to take their head off. It's like three seconds of just chaos on the ring, and it's great. And the puck comes down, and then, like you said, all of a sudden now they're skating, flying around. The, they, they grab that little bitty puck, and they're flying around. It's just – there's a lot of excitement watching an NHL game, and I didn't really notice all that. This is the most I've watched, and I've enjoyed it. 
One of my favorite things is it. it's the only game I can think of where you have a strategy that is screw all defense. We won't play any of it because we've got to score in the next 30 seconds. Like yeah, I can't think yeah. of uh-huh. an equivalent in football. I can't think of an equivalent in baseball, basketball, because you take turns with your offense and defense. But pulling the goalie is like just one of the coolest strategic things you can do in a sport. That's just super I, I think I agree with you there. That's pretty cool. It's just what hockey does to me. What makes it so cool is it, it kind of. It combines what we love about a lot of sports. Like, well, yeah. what's fun about soccer is it never stops. It's always going, and hockey does that. Yeah. What's fun about football is is we like seeing the the big the hits physicality and, and, yeah. and the physicality of it. Hockey has that, and then we see the skill like you see in basketball or in big catches yeah. in football with these hockey players that are able to, like you said, f- the the puck zipping around and they're passing it. And some of the plays they make, some of the times what they'll do with that puck when they're doing little jukes and trying to get the goalie screwed up i mean they they can do some serious things when do you see that ovechkin goal where he flew through the air and like rebound caught the puck and slapped it into the goal like while he's like without ever touching the ground it's (laughs) their skill set is unbelievable it's fun it yeah i would love to have i would love because i don't know exactly i know ovechkin's good but i don't know exactly what makes him like i know when i watch basketball i can tell what lebron's vision and his and his playmaking and his phys- like how big he is and strong he is. I-, I can see what makes him so good. But I don't know exactly what makes Ovechkin good. And I would love for someone who watches way more hockey and knows more to tell me that. But yeah. And maybe we'll get to that later. But it- just in general, there's a lot of stuff I still don't know. Like I don't know understand why sometimes there's a face-off. Like I don't know why the ref called it. But just <laughs> in general, watching the games, it's been very enjoyable. For- and I just think the NHL should do a better job of uh, – <clears throat> getting their game out there because I think it's fun to watch. They just don't have very good publicity, and their well, and I think if the NFL them. is starting to fall out, I mean, we need to look at their concussion numbers. But uh, but if the NFL is falling out of favor, then they might ought to just step on in there. You know, like this might be a great opportunity for them to be <laughs> the big game. I don't know. And also, just to, to real quick before we move on, that we talk about the toughness of hockey players all the time. Everyone does. I don't know if you noticed, LJ, but the Washington Capitals, I don't know if it's their head coach or assistant coach, but one of them's out there. And you know how those guys jump in and out, so there's no glass wall between the bench right. and, and the and the rink. A puck comes right. flying over to the bench, and everybody turns, and a coach turns his back, and the puck hits him dead in the back. Like oh. Basically, oh. a piece of concrete hits him dead in the back, and the dude shakes it off like nothing happened. Like It's like a fly oh. bumped into his back. It's just insane how tough these guys are. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So we'll stick with, I want to stay on, move to another sport. Let's go to a, another major sport in baseball this week. Going to your neck of the woods, LJ, back back in Chicago, Anthony Rizzo. So uh, people are wondering if he's dirty or not. I'll just uh, tell you what happened on the play for anyone who didn't see. the During the Cubs-Pirates game last week, Rizzo was intentionally slid into the Pirates catcher who was trying to complete a double play. The bases were loaded, and he was trying to do a force out at home and then throw it to first for a double play. And Rizzo purposely kind of kicks his foot out and and trips the catcher, making the catcher fall which during his throw, which made a wild throw, and I think the Cubs end up scoring two runs. Two more runs, yeah. So th- then after the game, they reviewed the call, and they said, all right, that was a clean play. Because, I mean, I don't know, for anyone who knows baseball or watched even a little bit of baseball, that happens at second base all the time. You're told just to almost, you know you're going to be out, slide into the guy, make him have to jump over you to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. and now people are trying to call baseball came out. It was weird. They came out and they said they told Rizzo the play was not dirty and they didn't think it was dirty, but 
They also on the field came it out, was a legal play. But on they the came field, out it was called legal. And yeah, and on the field it was legal. But they also came out and said that while they didn't think it was dirty, it was an illegal play and should have been called differently, is what the MLB ruled. So I guess what what do y'all think? Is that clean? Is that fair? Is it cheating? Is it dirty? Well, the old saying, if you're not cheating, you don't want it bad enough. I mean, there's something to <laughs> that, that. That's an old, that's an old, uh, we got an Augustus McRae there, right? A, a man, a man who won't cheat for a poke, just he, he don't want it bad enough, right? Well, yeah. So what was it? Oh, Lori Darling goes, Gus, you cheated. Gus says, I won't say I did. I won't say I didn't, but I will say that a man that won't cheat for a poke don't want one bad enough. Come on, darling. <laughs> so, so. If you're not cheating, you don't want it bad enough. Is the is the implication? Uh, but but I will say, and and I've seen those second base plays all the time, and there's no doubt about it. Your your job as that as that runner is to take out that out. shortstop. Yeah, you know you're out. So it's try to kill the double play. And, but I I'm gonna go on the record. I think Rizzo's. I think this one was dirty, and it was close to me. I had to relook at it because he did not take the most direct path. To the, to the base. I mean, it's obvious that he moved his body inside the baseline to take out the catcher. And to me, it's close. It's close. Well, it's a close, aggressive baseball play. But in my opinion, it was a dirty play. I want to I want to give LJ the floor, but I, just because you brought that exact argument up to refute that just a little, you don't mm-hmm. the, for a slide. You don't have to. It's not that your feet have to touch it first. Sometimes you're sliding to the side, and you just want your hand to touch it as you pass. So by him sliding to the sides, not but why would he want to do that in that situation? Well, because he wants to knock the catcher out. But that's just a baseball okay. play, like we see. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly he's going for the catcher. He's trying to whip that and foot he, out. Even he admitted that. Yeah, he admitted that. And well, you'd have I don't to. know what happened the day after, but I, he, if he didn't catch a ball, like he said, if he didn't get a ball from or get hit by a pitch the next day from the Pirates, he will later this year because. That's just the way it works, they, but that's that's, that's part just of the baseball, way, and he knows it. Yeah, as well, as Ron I, Washington for from the Rangers used to say, that's how baseball be. So I mean, it's just that <laughs> that's that's part of it. But LJ, what do you what do you say? Was that dirty? Was it clean? Well, I mean, I think it's absolutely dirty, but I also believe that if you see a bad rule, exploit it, like use it to your advantage. Uh, Agreed. There's this one guy, uh, you should look him up, uh, SB Nation, who I guess we're talking about a lot, made a video <laughs> about this one guy, Roger Nielsen, who. Uh, the in the NHL rule book uh, changed, I think, like seven times directly because of things that he did, because he noticed things that were like not exactly illegal. And and he would like so like one of the things is like we talked about pulling goalies. And so they had to make a rule because of him that uh, you can't leave the goalie stick in front of the net. And also you can't pile up ice in front of the net and you can't like leave, uh, you know, any other pieces of equipment in front of the net because he would pull his goalie and have them like leave their gear in the way so you couldn't <laughs> score. Like, and if, if that's not a rule, exploit it. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, and I do want to say one more thing. Rizzo, I think it was a I think it was a dirty play. It was very close. Rizzo could play on my team anytime. I think, I, I mean, he was trying player. to win. I'm not yeah. hating on him. I think it was, and I think he even kind of, you know, hey, I, you know, it, I, I don't know that he apologized, but he almost did. But I, he, he was playing he, well, he aggressive. Was like, yeah, I shouldn't, I, I didn't want to hurt the guy, but I'm, I didn't want to hurt the baseball. guy. That's the way it's but, played. That's the way. So was it a dirty play? Yes. Could Rizzo play on my team? Yes. So there. Real quick, LJ, to, to, to go off what you just said about if you see something in the rules that seems kind of dumb, then, then use it to your advantage. Earlier this year, I just thought about this when you were mentioning that the, the Phoenix Suns were playing in the game and they realized they were doing an inbound play with like 0.1 seconds left, which 
if you when you're watching basketball, you kind of have you know there's like this certain amount of time where you can get a shot off, and I think about point six or point seven is enough time where you can catch it on the three point line and just just throw something at the rim, at least get something near it. But if it's at point two or below, then it's if it's at point three or point two, you you just got to get like an alley oop dunk and hope it hope you can do it. And if it's below point three, then you, there's no, by the time you touch it, it's out. There's no way. So what the yeah. Suns realized were there's a rule, there's pass interference where you can't touch the ball if it's within the cylinder of the rim. But in the rule book, it says you can't call pass interference if the inbound play, if someone does an inbounds where the ball goes over the rim. So the Suns used that to their advantage. They threw the ball right. He basically shot it from out of bounds. And Tyson Chandler just put his hands right over the rim, jumped up, and dunked it in over the cylinder to make sure it went in. And they yeah. won the game because the way the rules work is like, actually, that's not basket interference because that's not a shot. That's a pass from inbounds. So that's just exploiting the rules to your advantage. If they have it written that way, by all means, I think, I if, think you. If every team isn't employing somebody to comb through their league's rule books, I mean, I'll be that guy for you. If you're, I think Bill NFL Belichick has a somebody, guy that goes, that goes, let's, any did, rule that we can. What did Belichick? You made me think. What? Remember what he did? He did something like he would he overstack did like it every to, year, I think. But he he would do something like make a, a a formation that while it wasn't illegal, it was almost illegal or he something. He does it. Look it up. I don't remember what we'll you're have talking to look about. That up. The Patriots do it like once a year, and they they no, they have a guy so clever. Well, they have a guy that goes through the rules and goes, "Is there anything in here that we can exploit to our advantage? It'd still be completely within the rules." But and that's like LJ saying if. If the rules say I can slide in and knock the catcher out to where he can't make a good throw, why the hell would I not do? That's an advantage to my to my team to Absolutely. win the game. Absolutely, yes, yeah. But I hate so, that it may have it, got the catcher hurt. That's the only thing. Is like that. Yeah, is, me too. Yeah. You see the guy well, like yeah. So fix the rule. He's throwing. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's, that's, the that's MLB. Think, that's not Rizzo's then, fault. That's MLB's fault. Yeah, right. If your game is dangerous, don't blame the players for playing it. All right, we mentioned it at the top of the show, and and I, we'll just get to it now. Brian Colangelo and the 76ers president and GM and possible fake Twitter account. This story hit on Tuesday night right after we got done recording, Dad, for the finals episode. I saw that I got on my phone and I realized this was blowing up on Twitter with Joel Embiid talking about yeah. it. And it was it was a lot of fun for anyone that wasn't probably either a Sixers fan or a Sixers organization because you're like, how could – it's so 2018 that – Apparently, here's what happened for anyone that didn't see is apparently there were the ringer got noted, got a tip from an anonymous source that the owner of or the GM of the Sixers was using five different Twitter accounts to just basically use as as burner accounts to defend things that that he's done, decisions he's made or to talk crap about a former GM, Sam Hinkie, who was the whole the process guy who tanked and purposely lost games and. It defended everything. What was wild about it is it defended everything from a former player that that got traded for 10 cents on the dollar, and they went out and said, well, if you go look, he failed his physical when we tried to trade him the first time, which yeah. no one would know unless you're inside the organization. And then it talked it talked bad about When it didn't even Joel say that, Indeed. it said, like, you should ask him. It didn't say, like, yeah, he it did. Said, well, yeah, it just, like, hold some. It basically, they tweeted at reporters, Philly reporters, and said, why don't you ask Jalil Okafor about his physical? Why don't you add, like yeah. basically leading them to the question that no one would know unless you're involved with the trade was yeah. with the Pistons. So either the Pistons, the Sixers, and Jalil Ogafor know about this. No one else does. So you feel like yeah. it's got to be an inside source. And then it even def- it talks about Markel Fultz and the weird year he had where he couldn't shoot. And it blames I it talk on about the shooter. That someday, by the way, that and is it, such yeah. an interesting story. I love it, that story. 
if you saw on Twitter, store, uh, videos got leaked of Markel Fultz shooting, which if you're the Sixers, you wouldn't want to leak these shots because it showed that he was it was complete. He's a broken player, basically. And then yeah, it even mind blowing. It's weird. Anyway. And then it and there were they were blasting jo- these tweet Twitter accounts were blasting Joel Embiid for dancing on the stage at a McMill concert and having a bad diet and being hurt and all this stuff. And it even defended Brian Colangelo's collars of, for all things. Like one of the tweets was somebody yeah, talking right. about how, cause Colangelo's <laughs> Cause known for so wearing weird ass collars. They're so tall. And, well, and someone, but one of the things I saw is that he, uh, he apparently somebody said, this is a tell of his, you know, when he's excited about something, like when he's signing somebody, he doesn't like, he wears a normal collared shirt <laughs> when he's signing somebody he really likes. He's got a giant collar. <laughs> so it's so, a weird thing. And so someone was defending him. <laughs> Whether it was him or not, someone's on there just defending everything that he does. And it seemed the reason yeah. it got connected to it is they even the ringer did like some serious. If you go back, we'll link the article, but they did some serious investigative journalism and it was yeah. fascinating the way they, they, they did their stuff. But like they correlated to where the tweets were sent from certain of like places where Colangelo was at on that date and time. Like one was at yeah. Chicago University, which is where his son plays basketball. Like the tweets were talking about the Chicago University. I don't know how many people were talking about the University of Chicago's basketball team, but this tweet. And we're not Twitter talking happened, Loyola. Yeah, no, the little bitty one that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> this Twitter account's talking about those, but it's also disclosing this information about the Sixers that no one would know unless you work inside the organization. So I guess now it's coming out that it might have been his wife and not him. I just want to know y'all's thoughts. Is there any way this guy isn't fired if he's on Twitter putting out this like this information? If he's letting out information about people failing physicals and stuff like that, if then then I would never want to play for him. Um, you can't because trust you gotta him, have your, can you? You got to have your players' backs. And so if your teammates, or if your players don't want to play for your team, then you got to get rid of the person that's causing the problem. Well, that's going to hurt potential free agents coming well, and in. They, they, asked Joel Embiid that's, about, that's, yeah, exactly. they asked Joel Embiid and they said what they wanted his comments. And he told ESPN had a great, a great statement. Basically, he was like, I've talked, Brian called me, said it wasn't him. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. But then he ends it with, but if this is true, this is really bad. Because it is, if it is yeah. him, if it's him and he's leaking out information that is, like you said, of failed physicals and, and like of all people, Markel Fultz, their, their rookie, who, as you mentioned, LJ, we can, it, it's a pot in itself, but the wild yeah. year and the up and down roller coaster and almost seeming like he forgot how to play basketball. And then they're leaking out this information about, well, this is the problem with Markel Fultz. This is the problem with our young player. If my GM is yeah. making those statements, and like you said, Dad, this comes all on the brink of this team has got a lot of talent and they have cap space to go get maybe mm-hmm. a Paul George, a LeBron. They have the cap to go get LeBron James. They also have a good pick this year. I mean, do you want to play for a team like that? It's. I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go. What, what if it's his wife and not him? What if he was? Uh, what if then, he didn't know he, about it and it was his wife making all this? He he's needs still got to go. Make sure that she knows that she can't say that stuff on the internet when they talk about it at dinner too. Yeah, you know, but, like yeah, but it's out. Like he's done, right? Even if well, it, even I know, if it yeah, comes no, out it's too late. It's his wife and not him. It's too much. Too late. It's too hey, late. If that information, if that wife, information came through him, it, that's the problem. It, it, if we tell, if I tell my wife secrets uh, about work, and I mean, we talk. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't fault. If you tell me you can't tell anybody, you better know there's a strong possibility I'm going to tell my wife. Okay, yeah, I mean yeah. that. I think that's a and given. That's fair. If it, yeah. that is fair, but that means you and your wife, you know, he and his wife have to keep that inside. So they're a team. So I don't care who put it out. I think Colangelo 
has to go because he's hurting the 76ers uh, organization now and their future. He's got to go. And you know the saying, loose lips sink ships, and they were letting some stuff out. Yeah, true. And it really was interesting to me. It was interesting to me just to – it, it's it's such a 2008 story. We've already seen stuff about burner accounts and Kevin Durant last year, where apparently he was on fake. He admitted to being on fake Twitter accounts that weren't him, so he could defend himself. And the thing is, is we don't we don't grasp it because we're not the people that are celebrities and that are are constantly being criticized. It's so there's so you're so open to the criticisms of yeah. everyone. And some of the I will say, there's a lot of people on Twitter that say nasty nasty things. Yeah. And don't read the comments. It's it's hard. It's it's hard to deal with, and it's hard not to. You want to. Your initial reaction is you want to defend yourself. If you're Calendra, I understand yeah. him want to defend yourself, but you just right. can't do what he did. And that it's just an interesting day and age we are, where you have you have to have a thicker. You always to be a celebrity or be an athlete or to be anything of of notoriety, you had to have a thick skin. And I think it's more so now than ever, like times fifty. The other day we were we were discussing uh, just things we did on the road, like whether where we yeah. stopped and things we've seen. Just we were, we were just talking about driving and things we've encountered on the road. Beef and jerky. Then, we're all into beef jerky. And LJ <laughs> LJ kind of got got the brain rolling. He thought about the other day, like what, Dad? What are your top three factors when stopping to get gas? Like when you're like, I need gas. What are the top three things that that determine where you're going to go? Okay. Besides, one, besides easy, easy mark. mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's fair. That's fair. Well, because where's no, the nearest easy mark is one, and then there's I, no two or three. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of an answer, but I'm going to be an audience here because I'm very interested to hear because, I mean, this is what I do for a living. We're going to be playing, L- LJ, they're going to be playing uh, the podcast at Monday's meeting. But, and they're going <laughs> to, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. But I would say probably one of the highest things on my list. Uh, besides, uh, which store of mine is making the most margin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, clean bathrooms, I'm t- clean bathrooms, uh, convenience. It, it's not price to me. I mean, price to me has to be in the range. Yeah. Uh, it, it, as long as it's within a nickel of what I'm seeing, the price should be, uh, I'm good. I want a clean, uh, uh, well lit, uh, location that looks like it's going to have plenty of stuff for if, if I want a soda inside and have a clean bathroom. I mean, those are the, well, the you know, you know, the question. stores you stop at and it's like, you can just, like you see them on the side of the road and you can just tell like, they probably don't have the drink I want or they probably don't have the can. Like you, you kind of yeah, know when you're stopping definitely. somewhere that you, you want to, if well, you're going in I, there and you want this certain like peanut M&Ms, you want to make sure you're going somewhere that has the M&Ms and the, and the vanilla yeah. Coke that you want or whatever. Well, okay. So my yeah. top three factors are, let me start taking notes. I'm, I'm yeah. Take, I'm take your notes. And, and Pull out the big chief Indian pad. Big chief super. Indian pad is open. Number two pencil in hand. <laughs> I don't think my notes are going to be super useful because the fir- number one is it's got to be on the path to where I'm going. I will not go out of my way to a gas station. Um, number two is, it's, I mean, I, I look for, I look for a better price, but like, uh, I would say that being on the right side of the road is worth almost 10 cents more than being on the left side of the road. Excellent. I would um, agree. Yeah. And, uh, and then I would say that, uh, the, the third factor is that you've never gotten me into the lot by having a big sign that has a price. 
And then uh, when you get closer, it says with a car wash, because I once I've been burned by one of those, I don't ever want to go back to you again. I'll pay more money at a at a lesser gas station. Um, I don't know if because I've you're ever tricking seen me one of those. by. Oh, man, well, what about cash credit? Chicago. What about cash credit, LJ? Would you stop at a place that's a nickel, say, different cash? To yeah, credit I mean, I, it, it does. It does matter to me. Uh, I okay. will like because I always pay with a card. I never have cash on me. So if I notice I, I don't feel like the same way. I don't feel burnt by that because I totally understand it. I get the idea of like if when I pay with a card, a little bit of that is coming out of the company's margin. Absolutely. And so yeah. I, I totally get the idea. I Some people I gouge isn't the right word, but like some people way abuse the, the amount of margin that my card's taking from them. But, um, uh, so yeah, you're saying matters, cash credit is not a big deal to you. It's is not a huge hearing? factor to me. I would say that okay. if like, if I'm, if, if the credit price is the same as the gas station next door, that's the cash price. I'm totally like, I don't, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, okay. Okay. But if there's a big difference, then it does bother me a little bit. So those are those are my big three factors is be in the right place, be in the right place and don't burn me. So, <laughs> well, it sounds okay. it sounds like, Dad, what you need to know is and you already know this location, location, location is, <laughs> is all that matters. But I will say my my top three when when stopping to get gas is really to me. The, the older I've gotten, not that I'm like some so old and wise in my old, in my age, but since <laughs> I've now decided that that price really isn't that big of a factor because I oh man yeah that it, hit me recently it's too. weird I think actually Dad brought this to my attention one day like a while back ago we were just talking and it's funny how we'll go oh my god it's it's three cents cheaper over here and yeah. like, like ten minutes down the road on the Texas so you'll side, drive twenty it's miles out of the way. <laughs> but if you think about three cents, like two sixty two to two sixty five, seems like a lot. But if you think about, I kind of like we we're, we've been tuned to ourselves to think that way. But with my truck, I get like twenty gallons. So if I'm filling up from complete E, I'm saving what sixty cents by going 60 way cents. over there. Yeah, I've got eight gallons. I'm saving less than a quarter. Yeah. I can't even I mean, buy the I sucker spill, that you get I on the road more trip. With beer that. than that. On yeah. a daily basis, <laughs> like I, for God's sake, I've, dro- you know? I've dropped a dime at times and looked down and go, ah, should I pick it up or not? Like, and I'm over here, I'll go, I'll go drive 20 minutes. It's just, it's this weird, like it's this way our brain works. We're yeah. like, ooh, they have it cheaper over here. I'm going over here to save gas, but and and so because of that you're actually probably losing money because you're wasting gas to get cheaper yeah. gas, <laughs> right? So yeah. when when traveling, like, so when I'm in. What, when I'm at home or something, I usually have like my gas stations. Like back in Texarkana, I had the one yeah. right there on Jefferson and Arkansas Boulevard. Like I have my mm-hmm. stations mm-hmm. and here I have like a couple go to, but I'm with you. I think my top thing is, is bathrooms. I like a good bathroom. I don't like a nasty ass bathroom. And there's, there's, there's one <laughs> store I've been to and it didn't have a lock on the bathroom. And there's times oh, yeah. where there's time if I if I'm just peeing or something maybe I can get over it but <laughs> there's times where there was an emergency stop on the road and yeah. and you like to have a lock on that door if, if you got to have an emergency yeah. stop um, I guess maybe a thing you think about if you own gas stations like on a major highway is like most of your people you're not going to see necessarily again right because they'll run out of gas at different spots so like really who cares because they're going to find out the bathroom's dirty and they'll never come back again but also they might not ever come back again. I don't know, but like in a in a city, know. keep it keep it clean, you know. Keep and have a lock, and I have. I well, guess, but people travel routes often. Yeah, like so I know, I know the store, from, the stores from, from Texarkana here to, to Fayetteville. 
there you know so i'm going to stop at bowls because they you can walk into a i mean bowls is a nothing you blink and you miss it bowls yep. is basically an easy mart store i mean yeah. it's just it's not a very large town no offense people in bowls listeners in bowls <laughs> but what is really cool is you can go in there and you don't have to touch anything but I yourself i do love that easy mart actually you don't yeah. have to open a door <laughs> You don't have to touch anything. It automatically yeah. flushes. You stick your hand under there. It's soap dispenses. Yep. You stick water dispenses, air dispenses. You walk out. You touched nothing. When and, and that's a plus. When driving on the interstate, side of the road is a big factor. If I want, I want yeah. my stop to be the store over here on the right, like Kevin said. Yeah, on the, I mean LJ said on the right side of the it road. It blew my mind when I realized I didn't realize till I was like twenty two that those signs that show like eateries and gas stations coming up that there's like which side of the road they're on i didn't know that for the longest time until yeah. i was like like two years ago and it blew yeah i was incredulous <laughs> i think usually for me it's less like what i look for in a store and there's just there's turnoffs when i go like what i don't want to see when i'm going to a store does that make sense like there's there's more totally. like i hate if i've ever gone to your rest or your convenience store and when I went to go get a uh, Mountain Dew in the in the fountain drink thing, and it gave me like a crappy fountain, uh, like either the CO two was out or the Mountain Dew was out, and I got a crappy drink. I just and it might just have been a one day thing where the cashier was busy. Well, and yeah, that's it. what sucks about a business like that is your it's whole a business thing, and I lose. But you, you probably forever. lose me. But you probably lose me. And yeah. it's based off of somebody that's being paid minimum wage, and probably there's a decent chance we didn't train properly on how to actually hook those up, and they just figured it out on yeah, their own. Yeah, or they and just got busy so and hadn't like, had time to change it. Like, there's just so many things that go into it, and that's yeah. now turning me away from yeah. you for the rest of. Well, but that's yeah. one of the most interesting things. So, I mean, I'm not there in the store, and I make more money than the people there in the store. But that's where the rubber hits the road. I mean, yeah. if those people out in the store aren't taking care of business, there's no yeah. need for people like yeah. me. Exactly. So exactly. I, I, that's what we use all the time. That's where the rubber hits the road is right yeah. there with that third shift clerk yep. at the store taking care of business. Oh, yep. another and big I've been one. That third shift clerk. That's another big one that, yeah. that that makes me stop going to your gas station is if when I go to clean my windshield off, there's no. There's no, uh, whatever that is, the, ah. the cleaner. Oh, I that. When that's yeah. not yeah. there, I'm yeah. like, yeah. damn it. And then I just, and that, yeah. like we said, that or could be just nasty. one. Yeah. And that could be or just, just nasty. When it's just Have you ever got out of there and it's stinky. It just, yes. it just yes. stinks. It's stagnant, yes. bad, nasty. It's yes. like, and yeah. you put that, that note to self, no longer going to this convenience store. It might be a great, yeah. great convenience store, and but this one right here, I'm never coming back to it because it just ain't worth it, yeah. even if it is five cents yeah. cheaper. Yeah, no kidding. Now, I will say, living in Chicago, um, but being close to the suburbs, uh, I can have a three-mile difference in driving and save a dollar per gallon. So, like, that, mm. I think, all of a sudden becomes crazy worth it. Um, so, price does have a factor then. So, but. recently, this get this. Chick-fil-A in California, in Sacramento, this the, the owner said that he's now going to start paying people, I think, upwards of $18 an hour at his Chick-fil-A. And they're going to have benefits and sick days. And it's going to be like a really – like he's giving them a lot of stuff because he says that – It's better than waiters get paid. He wants he, – he wants uh, – his business to be, he wants the restaurant to have people that are good workers and want to be long-term workers, not just people coming in to make minimum wage, because that's where yeah. the, the, like you said, rubber hits the road is the interaction mm -hmm. you have with your employees. And I will say, I loved 
the Easy Mart close to home, there was a or close to where I lived back in Texarkana, there was like these, there are a couple of black ladies that worked all the time. And they just, I had so much, every time I go in, I was hoping they were working yeah. because like we had fun with each other. They would give, like yeah. they would make a joke to me and I'd make a joke. Sometimes they'd talk crap to me. I mean, it was just fun. And I wonder, is yeah. it worth to you at Easy Mart, like maybe going, we're going to pay all our cashiers nine bucks an hour instead of the minimum wage because we want them to be a little better. Yes, and I don't want to get on a big thing here, but we do a lot of that right now. But just increasing pay does not necessarily get you a better person. Yeah. I mean, there are some generalities that it does. I think you're mm. better Sounds to familiar. recognize the people you have and reward yes, them. Yes, you're so right. Yeah. So, you're so let me right. get you truth. Wait, let me get you That's, in. If you're a good manager, now I'm going to take damn good care of you. Because, because just because you, you start me at ten bucks an hour doesn't mean I'm going to be a better worker. But if you that's reward right. Reward the good workers, then you you kind of. But but and, and then if you get that reputation, I'm bringing you in, and wow, look where I you know, and they can talk. Somebody can come in new, you know, for ten dollars an hour or whatever minimum wage is. There's different levels, but they can go. Wow, you started two years ago, and now you're managing the busiest store in town. You know, wow, mm-hmm. there's there's really room to grow here, and there's reward. But I think the other the other side to that is it's hard to get really great people in the door if the price point's too low. Um, right. So you so can't pay minimum you wage. Balance, it's, and, yeah, and you we gotta, don't. You, right. Yeah. you got to raise yeah. the bar a little bit and, yeah. and be a a place that one wants to work, be a yeah. desired place. I actually think employment. that's maybe more important to me uh, as somebody that does freelance work. So it's not even really important at all to me. But uh, <laughs> but but I think maybe it's more important to have a place where I feel comfortable and wanted and uh, and I, you know, I have like. A fun place to hang out, you know, or whatever when I have a break or something like that, then it is to get paid, you know, a dollar more per hour. Um, Mm -hmm. There's I mean, there's obviously a limit and I don't know what that limit is. But uh, but yeah, I think making your place a fun place to be is huge because you can work Um, hard and have fun. I mean, you can. Those are not mutually exclusive things. Well, and that's why finding those managers that you're talking about is huge because like the, the experience of somebody who's working, um, you know, a, a gas station clerk or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, those, those people's lives are basically kind of decided by their manager. So if you've got a bad manager, they're not going to want to be there. And if you've got a good manager they're so, you know, you got to suss those people out and find good ones. Um, yep. next, next part of the question though. When uh when you've got what at what point on your gas tank do you think I have got to get this, gas now? This is interesting to me. When for I I feel like I differ from dad on this. I when I decide I need gas is when it's after when the thing says like my truck will say fuel level low, get gas. No. I'm like, okay, I got I got <laughs> no. I got like one more trip and then the next trip I need to go no. get gas. Don't no. <laughs> What what, what 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 okay LJ you disagree where do you when do you stop to get gas Oh uh, this is this is me and Hannah uh, <laughs> back and forth all the time cuz like we'll be on a road trip and she'll be like we'll see a gas station I'll be like the light turned on 2 miles ago um and I wanted to fill up at a quarter of a tank actually <laughs> um because that's when like once it's at a quarter of a tank that's all I can think about that's it that's all that's on my mind Oh no quarter of a tank too? I'm like oh I got shoot we got time Oh no Quarter of a no, tank, no. I just I start panicking. Like I start knowing that I'm gonna have to push. I just know that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I can honestly say, LJ, maybe you get that from me because I, I have, gosh, knock on wood, I've never run out of gas. But Me neither. And so I don't want to start that. But quarter of a tank, I'm the same way as you, L. I mean, quarter of a tank, I'm getting gas. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never run out of I do play a little closer, obviously, than y'all. I've never run out of gas. I've had a few times where I was getting real nervous. But uh, yeah. y- y'all know Lane, my, who, who I used to live with. That boy's ran out of gas. Like when we were in high school, I swear he <laughs> ran out of gas like four or five times. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he used to keep he used to keep a, a little like a spare thing of gas just in the back gas of yeah, gas in the back of his truck because he knew he'd, forget, he'd run out of gas at some point trying to cut it too close. So everybody's so different. The other he, question, you, you in that lane would not have been able to make a road trip, LJ, if he's driving. You would have lost your no. mind. So the other question is, do you fill up when you get gas or do you just put like ten dollars in because it saves oh, you I'm money? Because that's what that's up. what Barkley yeah, or that's what Shaq was telling Shaq us. Shaq says if you just put twenty dollars in each time, then you save money. Yeah. But really it just means yeah, you're filling tons up of more money. often. You, did Shaq <laughs> graduate from LSU? I, think, or, I, don't, I don't know. know. I, I want I don't think that he was graduating and thinking sports. For, for anyone uh, he was graduating in basketball, for sports. anyone that didn't get to see that that interaction between Kenny and Shaq, I'll put that in the show notes. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, but it has been. Uh, I I I I actually tend to put in like ten bucks or twenty bucks, depending on how low the tank is. I don't tend to. Fill I'm up. feeling all. See, I'm I'm filling that bad boy up. I'm letting it get to bone dry, and well, then I'm filling it to pass the full thing. I mean. It, <laughs> And LJ drives probably less than we do because you have great public transportation. We True. probably True. do more driving. So, True. Uh, so, like, yeah, I'm filling it up. Might if last I stop, quite a bit longer. I'm filling it up. No doubt. Yeah. All right. So now we have we have time. This is the time of the week where we're going to hit the caution. And I don't know if you saw, but Johnny Manziel just uh, made his debut in the CFL. And I think does the caution have something to do with the Canadian Football League, Dad? Well, indeed it does, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone builds an optical portal that allows you to see a vision of your own life in the future. It is essentially a crystal ball that shows you a randomly selected image of what your life will be like in 20 years. You can only see into this portal for 30 seconds. When you peer into the crystal, you see yourself in a living room two decades older than you are today. You're watching a Canadian football game. You are extremely happy. You're wearing a CFL jersey. Your chair is surrounded by CFL books and magazines that promote the Canadian Football League, and there are CFL pennants covering your walls. You are alone in the room, but you are gleefully muttering about historical moments in Canadian football history. It becomes clear that for some unknown reason, you have become obsessed with Canadian football. And this future is static and absolute. No matter what you do, this future will happen. The optical portal is never wrong. This destiny cannot be changed. The next day, you are flipping through television channels and randomly come across a preseason CFL game between the Toronto Argonauts and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Knowing your inevitable future, do you now watch it? Well, I okay, so how far in the future is this? Six years? Is that 20. 20, 20 years, years in the future. Oh, okay. 20 years. Yeah. Um. Well, one... I'm I'm curious to know why I'm so enamored with the CFL. I don't know if I've moved to Canada or what. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe in 20 years there is no more NFL because Roger Goodell has just brought this thing to, hey, the, that's to a, the ground. That's, that's a, a fair distinct. point. It's the last living football league. <laughs> yeah. Maybe all there is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LJ, what do you When the CFL XFL merger happened in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think, okay, well, so, so part of this question is like, if I know my future, I know that I get great joy out of this. Do I watch the preseason game? I mean, I, I think the answer is absolutely because like, why not start enjoying something today that I know I'm going to enjoy in 20 years. But like the other thing that this instantly makes me think of is there's no way Hannah's letting me decorate the living room like that. So I don't <laughs> so think things single. work out very well in 20 years. Well, so yeah, that's a bummer. You, you were sitting alone. Now, you were gleefully yeah. happy. I think it said muttering about CFL yeah. historical moments. I, I have a lot of Boy, questions. Boy, your life has derailed, LJ. Sounds yeah. like a guy that's eating Cheetos watching yeah. the CFL alone. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I think that's what happened. Um, but it doesn't like there's nothing I can do to change it is is the framing of the question. So I guess why not start the train now? You know, like just I don't know. That's my thought. OK, well, my thought, I'll let, I'll go ahead and go. I'm not watching the game right now because I, I, as of right now, I don't have any care unless it's the, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and I'm watching Johnny Manziel <laughs> in the CFL. Then I have no care to watch what's going on in the CFL. And in 20 years, if I enjoy it, so be it. But I don't know why I would spend time watching it now if I don't really care for it. You wouldn't watch but, a preseason game for a thing you don't actually care for right now, but you no, know you I, will later. I'd rather <laughs> turn on the newest season of Arrested Development than watch the preseason okay. of the CFL. All right. Okay, so I think I'm going to side probably with Kev here because I think I have no interest in the CFL right now. Um, the portal is never wrong, so I will in 20 years be alone and <laughs> muttering about great CFL moments. Well, you're so not alone. You're not alone in life. You're just alone. Yeah, in this you're just alone in that 30 seconds. Yeah, if, I, I think if you're watching the CFL with pennants all over the wall, you're probably alone <laughs> or you might be setting up your cfl watch party you know like the I your mean, cfl be. fantasy draft is next week and you're all watching preseason together could, and could could be just or maybe i've just become the commissioner of the cfl and i'm like the roger goodell of canada maybe Who maybe knows? that'd be sorry. much more polite sorry I, <laughs> I still think i want to see how it happens I, I don't know i think i'm not watching the preseason in a, a cfl game i think i'm gonna just chill and watch uh, something. Maybe I'll get into starting to watch Arrested Development. Y'all talk about it so much. And so both of you are going point, to watch Arrested Development instead of. <laughs> I think well, so. Yeah, I'm watching Arrested Development instead of. I, mean, I can't. I can't hate on that at all. Well, I will go ahead and say there's there's a lot of times where I'll watch NFL preseason, but it's not the top thing I'm watching right now. I love NFL, and it's not when preseason seasons around. I'm not like, oh my gosh, let's turn on. Let's turn on a game, unless it's the Cowboys. I'll kind of just watch the highlights of the preseason. So, well, let's maybe reframe it then. Let's let's say um, you look into the portal and you see yourself listening to operas, just like singing along and knowing every single word in Italian, and like you've got like posters from different shows all over, and then you see in the newspaper, hey, uh, the Texarkana Little Theater is putting on, you know, some Handel opera or something like that. Would you go see it? That's an interesting point, maybe. But I'm just, I, I think I'm just going to let myself, if I'm going to get interested in it in 20 years, I'll just let it happen naturally. I, I, it'll just happen when it, when it happens. See, I think, I think knowing that that's my future makes me interested. I feel like I've got to, I've got to go see that opera. I've got to see what I like about the game. And maybe the thing that I like about the game hasn't happened. Like maybe it's like you said, the NFL dies and uh, the CFL makes some rule changes that just blow me away. And so watching a game in 2018 is not going to matter, but watching it in 2038 will be a totally different experience. But I still feel like just knowing that I'm interested 
makes me interested. You know what I mean? Tell you the well, truth. I, <clears throat> go go ahead, Dad. Go ahead. Well, I still I'm still kind of thinking in a way I would be tempted to eschew the Canadian Football League and just like no, I'm not going to be interested. And knowing that the crystal ball is never wrong, I, I almost might try to avoid it and figure out how is it going to win me over. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like you tell so me you I'm know, not going to do something, then by God, that's what I'm fixing to do, right? You know something's not going to. You know something's going to make you happy, make you overjoyed, and you're going to protest it because you just don't want to be happy in that way. Well, you're right. I was gleefully muttering. Uh, you love the CFL in 20 years. In 20 and maybe years, it's because, I, do. I don't know, maybe you're senile. Who knows? Whatever. But <laughs> no, <laughs> I'd rather the seat senality just sneak up on me, LJ. I don't want to go yeah, find the senality, fair. okay? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you know, I just thought about it. I'm going to be pretty pissed off with the portal if I, I go in to see one thing of my future that I know is for certain. And, and all I know it. is in 20 years, I'll be watching <laughs> the CFL with Pinnacle. I'll be like, I want really? my money back. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that's not what I put my money into. Oh, that's too Chuck, funny. I want my money back. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. L, well, let's go to what we always go to, you know, in the show, what we're listening to. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, I don't know if you've listened to have you listened to any of the new Kanye West, the new album Yay? I haven't. No, I haven't listened okay, to well a, then, a single uh, we'll table the discussion. I wanted sound. to get just your opinion if you liked or disliked, but we'll we'll table that discussion. It's a short one, it's seven songs. But what have you, like, what has been in yours? What have you been listening to? Last week it was Blake Mills, right? Well, so, so yeah, so this is a, this is a new, uh, so Hannah and I uh, got a gym membership and, uh, and so I've been having to find, cause you know, podcasts don't Hope really you don't, work I wonder well if you'll find a friend like, as good as mine at the gym. <laughs> I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm open Hold to new friendships. So, <laughs> All right. so we'll see. I'm sorry for interrupting but, you. <laughs> But uh, but so I've been trying to find something with a good beat that I can listen to, you know, to kind of yeah. push me or whatever. Um, and so there's this guy named Jeremy Blake uh, who has a he has an album called uh, it's an EP called So Far So Good. And it's really good. And it was all written with the OP one by Teenage Engineering, which is like a like an instrument, like a digital yeah. instrument. And it is like the one thing if I had like infinite money, I would buy that first, maybe second. I might go buy like a Coke first or something but <laughs> buy that instrument second. And and so it's a whole album made on that instrument. And it's really cool. But who so said the name again? It. Jeremy, Jeremy Blake. Okay. So far. Jeremy Blake. So far. So good. Huh. You, got, you got me intrigued. He also uh, if you want to see him make this music, he makes it on his YouTube channel, which is known as Red Means Recording. Okay. We'll put you want to put so, a link to his channel in the show notes. We'll do that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dad, what what have you been? I, I'll tell you one thing. LJ is great at at giving you a description of what he was like, like almost like promotion of what he's listened to and making me want to go hear it. Have you noticed that, Dad? Like, <laughs> well, thank when you. He's, when yeah, he's, when no, he, he like I'll just tell you this is what I'm listening to. It's really good. LJ, like, here's what I'm listening to, and here's what makes it so damn cool. Well, I also know that like I listen to a lot of weird stuff. So I don't want to just like throw out uh, Jeremy Blake and then, you know, you guys have no reason to ever yeah, care. Yeah, so kind I mean? of a reason. So, yeah, okay. I get that. I get that. But you guys throw out Third Eye Blind. It's like, I, I don't need a description. <laughs> and our listeners at home, I hope, don't need a description. That's just if, good music. If, if so. they do, then they just have, they've been absent of good music in their in their life. But yeah. And I hope we can fix that soon. Dad, but. What, speaking of good music, what have you been listening to? 
Well, I alluded to it earlier, but I'm going to give them a shout out. Christian Sparks and the Beatnik Bandits, funny name, great group, uh, very folksy. They've got, yeah. a, I think it's a five song, a five song EP out. Uh, it's They're a local Spotify. Spotify. Right, right out of yes, they, Little River. I mean, I uh, Hunter, the drummer, his and his his dad and I, John, are buddies, and I've known Hunter for gosh as long as I've been up at the river. And they've got a group together, and they played on the back deck last Sunday uh, Sunday with uh, Herschel and Jed, and were fantastic. I really like them, uh, and I'm excited to get them out there, and hopefully some people will listen to them and, and like them as well. They're going to play at the River, by the way, uh, July the 7th. We're going to do our fireworks on the July the Saturday after July the 4th. And they're actually going to hey, be Hey, that actually means I might be able the, to come. There we oh, go. I hope you do. They're, I, mean, I will you now will if it's really, a weekend. It's a weekend. It's a weekend. LJ, you need to think about it. July the 7th at the River Fireworks. We'll be back and from the honeymoon music. on the 5th. Think about it. Huh. So, uh, but, but yeah, that's, think about it hard. We'll talk about that more. But, uh, but listen to the Beatnik Bandits and they're, we'll do, they're fantastic. Yeah, that, really good. I, I actually saw some on Facebook. I was kind of, I, I hadn't listened to them yet, but I was like, I marked it down. Seeing that they were out on the porch, I knew that's someone I got to listen to. So give them a listen and give them a listen. Anyway, that's who I'm listening to. Dope. Well, and okay, so I, LJ, you kind of helped me find this person. I found someone new recently because I was listening to, I just love Tiny Desk Concert. You've got me onto that. Yes. Those are the coolest thing They're in the so world. They're so much fun to watch. Yeah. If you go to YouTube Absolutely. and just type in Tiny Desk Concert, and you'll probably find at least one name you know through the thing and listen yeah. to that one. Start but with just them. click yeah. on any of them. Just click on one. Because what happened to me is I clicked on get comfortable. But yeah, what happened to me is I clicked on the Chance the Rapper one and I enjoyed it, and then it just plays, it just starts playing, and then I was I had it on work while I was I have it's so cool now at work I have the two computer screens I've never had that before. Oh, that's the best, isn't it? I'll be doing my work. I'll be doing my work on one screen, and then I have the Tiny Desk Concert over on this screen, and I just I just started letting it do its thing, just play the episodes, and I came across this guy, Leon Bridges. Okay. Oh, I, I love Leon Bridges. I don't know Leon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like he's straight out of the fifties right. and sixties. I mean, he's got oh, he so much soul. Good. Yes, he all does. Right. Leon Bridges. I'm all over him. I love him. All right, I'm in. I'm so in. if you go listen to the the song that on the Tiny Desk con- Coming Home is really good. It's on his album, his recent album, or in the 2016 album. I don't think it's on his most recent, but they played that song on his Tiny Desk concert, and I'll link the the uh video to our show notes but when he plays it live with the the group oh my gosh it's so good and then the other two there's uh river and beyond or two other songs by him and man he's just he's got like i was like dad said he's just it seems like the dude straight out of he looks like he should be an old man who's got so many good stories to play the way the way his he just got so much soul and for some reason when i see him kevin i think of like otis redding and sitting on the dock of the bay he he reminds me of a throwback Mm. to that and lj you'll like him i'm in i'm in so i have a question then this is somebody i don't know um, like taking tanking the bangas, should I start with the tiny desk or I should I just dive in? I would, Spotify if I were you, I would start with the tiny desk because that went okay because he has his vocalist. I've, I'm losing her name right now, but her with him and then the band playing behind him, it was so so good. All right, and then I, so I'm then in. when I, I listened to that, I was like, all right, I really like this is pretty good. I, I listened to the tiny desk concert again, I was like, this is really good. So I just went to Spotify and started playing it. and he has a song called River, which the video for River is so cool. And the right. song in general is cool. He actually got the premise of the song, but from 
the song on Oh Brother Where Art Thou, like we go down to the river and pray. Ooh. That's where you got the That's a great of the soundtrack. River. That might be what yeah, I'm listening to of, for next week. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so this week, go go give a little if you want some soul in, in, injected into your and IV, I do just go put some Leon Bridges in, man. All right. All right. It is already on the collaborative playlist. I just put it on. <laughs> so. <laughs> so if listeners are here in our headphones right now, then they can get the head start. If you were on listening it, right now, it's there. <laughs> otherwise, you'll have to wait until about Tuesday morning, probably. That's so. right. Except for maybe the listeners that follow our collaborative playlist, like every, yeah, every couple hours, they refresh it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe you're already just hanging out. Shout out to if you. If you're that you person. Let us know because we need to know, know that you're ahead of the ball game. I want to. I want to know who that is. All right. Well, so I think that'll wrap up this week's episode. Again, we're recording this on Sunday ahead of the the, the game two of the NBA Finals. It's fixing to start. Real quick, Dad. Over under forty points from LeBron James. Who you got? What do you got? Over. I'm going over. Over over forty. Oh LJ, God. what do you got? Isn't that crazy that, that such- we set the over under at forty? Forty. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I'm still and going over. No hesitation. He was just like, over. What do you, why would you ask that question? I was sitting here like, it's got to be under, right? This is a trick question. This is, I don't, but. And, and dad didn't even think twice about it. He was like, over. Yeah. They'll probably lose by 20, take, but he'll get over 40. I'll take the under just so, uh, so we can be different and make it competitive. But <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go over. I'm, I'm going to go over. LeBron's just LeBron. It's, it's, he, he did it last week without even playing bully ball. He just outplayed everybody. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But hey, it wouldn't be surprising to see J.R. Smith blow up tonight. He, he needs to. And I'd love to see Kevin he Love needs to blow PR. up. Well, yeah. I bet, I guarantee you, there won't be a lack of confidence or a lack of, lack of shots coming from J.R. He'll, he'll get the <laughs> shots up. It's just whether they fall or not. Yep. Yeah. That's one thing you never see an 0 for 1 game from JR. It's either like no. a 6 for 10 or an 0 for 10. He's going to get the shots. Well, they say a shooter shoots. A shooter <laughs> shoots. So, for this week, that'll Rain do it. You can, all, <laughs> you can you can find us on Twitter at JPP Podcast or on Facebook at Just Press Play Pod. And make sure if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and get on get on the the Apple Podcast or wherever you do your podcast at, and go ahead and subscribe. And and if if you think you've subscribed but you're not sure, just go ahead and double check. And if you have, then you can unsubscribe and then resubscribe. There's no reason not to while you're there. But, <laughs> just to be sure, yeah, just to be clear that you're subscribed. Uh, I think for this, for me, for L, for Dad, y'all got anything else? I'm good. Uh, I just want to say anybody that subscribes to the show gets a free shot of Malort with me if they ever bump into me and I have a Malort bottle with me. I just... Do you carry a Malort bottle with you at all times? Like somebody- I think one should have Malort on him at all times. Is that not true? <laughs> that should be a rule. If it's not, it should be for now on. Just in your duffel bag, you, in your Duluth bag, yeah. Dad, you keep a, a, a bottle of... A- you gotta have a, a flask of Malort. Malort. I had contacted Malort this week, by the way. They <laughs> <laughs> get more shout-outs. Hey, that's, that's the official sponsor of the show for this week. That'll do it. Pray dance. Peace. <laughs> Who has a, he has an album called, oh, gosh, I'm such an idiot. Let me uh, say this for like I didn't say Save, save that the first little time. cut right there, snippet of LJ saying, yeah, that'll be the end as we're... Yeah, save that. That'll be be the end. I knew it as soon as it came out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, so Jeremy Blake has an album.